Okay. <laughs> Should I just dance the whole time and that and that'll make it I better? I was thinking I could stand up maybe. Maybe we could stand, up. stand up. Then I feel like the I mic is... this weird thing in my headphones where it's like on either side of my head. It's freaking me out. I feel like it's... I can't talk. I it's, think my headphone broke. <laughs> we are not having a good day. Test, test, test. Okay. Oh, it was just not plugged in, right? <laughs> We just would like to remind you that none of the things that we say should be taken as official recommendations. We try to know what we're talking about, but this podcast ultimately represents the opinions of a couple yahoos with master's degrees. It's (laughs) mainly for entertainment. Right. So if you feel that you need help with your own mental health, we encourage you, please talk to your very own doctor or your very own counselor. Get real help. And remember, this podcast is not safe for work, so listen with headphones. Should we say welcome? (laughs) We should, yeah. Let's do that. Let's say welcome to Freudian Sips. Welcome to our 10th episode da, 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 da. mom has told me that i have to wait until the 10th episode to say the f word so <laughs> it's our 10th episode oh no that means the f word's coming you can't like get jump into it like i'm gonna say the f word because no, i'm just saying the... that if i do i've said it in past episodes you've just told me to cut it out yes cut it out cut it not at the moment, oh, but okay. cut it out of the yes. <laughs> so there are snips on the cutting room floor where I have F said word. the F word and cut it out. There are lots of F words on the cutting room floor. There aren't floor. that many. No, there aren't. But you're not planning on it, just you're not going to cut it, it out if it happens. If it just happens. Oh my goodness. Man. Okay, so is that some kind of like warning for our li- <laughs> our lovely listeners? I'll mark it explicit if it, uh, if it comes to that. I had to rate it. R instead yeah, of PG thirteen. We have not been rated PG thirteen. <laughs> I have. You have. Yeah. You maybe you, you questioned whether or not P was something you could say yes, on air. Yes. Radio raised you wrong, Mom. <laughs> Radio raised me to be a classy chick. <laughs> I can't say the P word. <laughs> what P word? P. <laughs> Just P. That is the word. The P word. Tenth episode is a big deal for us, so we're going to talk about something really fun. Oh, this was actually mentioned by one of my very good friends, Bruce. Hi, Bruce. Hi, Bruce. Hi, baby. Um, (laughs) Bruce was one of my children in college. He called me Mama, and he has been one of our avid listeners and supporters in this weird endeavor that we're doing, and he he texted me. (laughs) Just like a three tags long thing of of things we should talk about, and one That's of them awesome. was yeah, yeah, really good ideas. We will probably dive into those more. But one of them was personality tests, and our favorite personality test is the Myers Briggs Type Indicator. And that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. The Myers Briggs type indicator. So last week we had like a themed drink. Oh yeah, we did. When we did our episode. So had are so we much have- gumption. I know. So we're not really doing well, we are though. We're I have a justification for it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Because we're not really going with a specific drink no. that is themed. No. However. We're back on our boxed wine. Yeah. Yes. It was just a boxed wine kind of day. We just today. felt it. Yeah. And I specifically bought Delicious Red because I thought that that was a, something that mom might have been called back in her high school years. <laughs> Delicious Red. <laughs> Maybe college. Oh. Maybe college. Maybe yeah. college. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I got to that I didn't get, level. In I high wasn't school. delicious until I got to college. <laughs> I was always red. <laughs> I was red in grade school. I was freckle faced strawberry. You remember <laughs> Did those? People call you strawberry. Yes, freckle faced. That's face. so cute. Because they used to have these little Kool Aid characters. That was way before your time. Yeah, I don't but know. But each little flavor had a different name, and freckle faced strawberry was, of course, the little red strawberry. So okay. I was definitely freckle-faced, freckle-faced and I had red hair. So but that's so cute. I grew into other names, but you're a strawberry and I'm a banana. <gasps> We're like a fruit We're salad. A <laughs> oh, okay. We went two different directions. Okay, sure. Fruit salad, smoothie, Just something. My mic. I know. Sorry, I listeners. saw that. I got excited <laughs> I was over like, there. I got excited about smoothies. <laughs> <laughs> so we have our boxed wine have because boxed wine. classic. It's a classic. Yes. Wouldn't there have some letters that you wanted to... We'll get into that later. Well, yeah, we kind of have to ex- explain what letters there are first, and then I will... So so, so put a pin in the... Mom! <laughs> no! Mom keeps Sorry, breaking my I mic. I keep breaking the microphone. <laughs> no! Anna's very protective no. of her microphones. It's just because the little screw is loose. It's just the pop filter. Yeah, we all have a screw loose, Mom. That's not an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is exceptionally loose today. <laughs> yeah. What? Am- yeah. Mom! <laughs> Quit yelling at me. Quit yelling at me. Wait. Okay, the mic is fixed. Mom was breaking the mic, so we had to. I, I'm probably going to put some elevator music in there. <laughs> it's like two minutes in the episode. Like, excuse us, technical difficulties. Bear with us. Okay. I'm much better now. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I wish all of my problems were that easy to solve. (laughs) I would have you working on them right now. The keep snapping today. I know what is that about? All right. So we are talking about the Myers Briggs type indicator. Yes. What do you usually call it? Do you usually call it that? I usually call it Myers Briggs. Mm. I call it the MBTI. It's it's not a very catchy name. In any iteration, it's not very catchy. Mm-mm. MBTI. That's just too many syllables. And if you have taken any kind of personality, not any kind, but some of the personality tests that you, if you go online and, and you Google or whatever, I want to take a personality test. Yeah, yeah. Quite often they are based in Myers-Briggs theories. I know there's one, it's called 16 personalities or something. Yes, that's have you a seen very that one? Con- that's one of the first ones that pops up it's when a you real search MBTI. It's mm-hmm. a real friendly It is. It's thing got a very do. good interface. It, I think it's free. I think it's free. You can take the yeah. test and then it gives you when you take the test it gives you a really detailed description mm-hmm. of your type, which is really nice. I've actually used that with adolescents. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's very it's, it's got it's like fun. cartoonish kind yeah. of visuals. It's very if you're if you're listening to this and you want to kind of play along basically, yeah. I would recommend 16 personalities just cuz it is very user friendly. Right. And it basically gives you the same information, but but we were talking about before the, the podcast. Yeah, the that, types have kind of different names, but, Right, right. Yeah. And the actual like if you were to take the Myers-Briggs 
as in the paid mm-hmm. actual test. I don't even know how much it actually costs. I don't know how much it would cost either. Because there's and, so many iterations of the free versions that it's hard to kind right. of find the actual. But it would be many, many, many pages of questions. And yes. So it's deeper. But it, ideally, they've kind of honed this to work the same way. Right. In those easier versions. So. Right. Okay. So, Mom, who was the Myers-Briggs developed by? Woo! <laughs> One of my favorite things. <laughs> I got really excited because I had kind of forgotten that it was actually Catherine and Isabel who are mother and daughter. Mother and daughter duo. And we know the power of the mother and daughter duo. The strength of the mother and daughter duo. (laughs) Wisdom and power. Well, it's interesting. This shows kind of the internalized, I don't know if misogyny is the right word, I had to do this research and remind myself of their identities because I always just assume Myers-Briggs are two guys. You know what? I did too. Yeah. Isn't that horrible of us? Did we never... I don't remember in we school ever... We never talked in school about who, who Myers and Briggs it. were. We didn't really talk about the test itself, did we? One of our teachers referenced it because it was a big fad in the psychology community at some point to have... Like, he he said that, like, you would know your type and people would, like, tell their type to other people. Right. And you kind of lived by that. Like, it was one of your monikers, but... But that has kind of fallen out. But. And it's been it's been used a lot in like career counseling yeah. situations. And I think that's that was the kind of references we took. You're probably right. And it was and it referred when we would talk about it in school, it would refer back to Young, mm-hmm. which is where the information is. You know, his information is what is the core of it. Right. But I don't remember ever hearing it was a mother and daughter. No, I don't remember either. I don't even remember getting their names. Isn't, Isn't that, that weird? weird? Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> it must be weird because we both said at the same exact time. <laughs> but it's awesome. There it is. We and the, the more I read about it. Yeah. There's a fuzzy in the air. <laughs> and I did a flourish to get it away. I thought you were going to fly away or something. Like <laughs> super. Super pose. I know. Sorry. I was really excited as I read about it, though, because I felt like a kindred spirit to Catherine, to the mom. How so? Because she just had a real desire to figure out a way to look at personalities that would be helpful. You know, she was all about the whole self-awareness thing. Yeah. Which we go back to. Which is our thing, kind of. Right. We go back to that. That's kind of like our anchor. We keep going back to it. And the idea that by knowing yourself that it's easier to be in a relationship with other people. Right. And so if you know yourself and they know who they are and you can kind of compare oh that's why you're that way and that's why I'm this way and it makes things easier right which is kind of how she came into researching it anyway because she found that her daughter's fiance the daughter that would eventually work with her on this was like really different than their family so she kind of started from a practical self-awareness I mean it it takes some measure of self-awareness to go he's really different than us why is that not only on his because some people look at that and say, what's wrong with him? That's you know? really true, yeah. But but she's saying, well, what is it about both of us? Or what is it about that all of us that he is so different than us? So so that's kind of what started her on the journey of trying to figure out what personality research entailed. We think that's really cool. Yeah. Catherine and Isabel. Yeah. I have a picture of them somewhere. Wait, wait. Post-it on up. my hard copies. <laughs> That I have. She's got, okay, I know. She I <laughs> she had to get her computer before we started recording because she's like, well, my daughter makes fun of me when I only you have. You do. But she has papers. Oh, yeah, they're cute. 
They're so cute. This, when was this taken? The daughter looks really young. I know. Well, they must have really kind of started working together really young. Maybe. Because, it, you know, like 1923, how old? In one of the pages that I read, 1923 was when they first started looking at Young's personality types. Oh, and I, the read, way it was, I read 1917 was when Catherine got involved right. with it. So probably then when Isabel. When they both started looking at yeah. it. Are they I'll, cute, I'll post, I'll post a picture of them Catherine on our looks Instagram like, and yeah. on Twitter. Catherine kind of looks like my grandma. Really? I mean, like young pictures of my grandma. My young grandma pictures. Kuni- <laughs> my grandma Kunigunda. Catherine was born in 1875. Wow. Isabel was born in 1897. Oh God, we're gonna have to do math. Okay, 1897. I can't do. She it. was only 20 when she was 20 in 1917. She would be 23. She looks younger in that picture. She looks very young. Mm-hmm. She looks like teenage. But So they based their information on Young, on Young's personality right, types. Right, right. Yeah, before they got there, they kind of went through some other stages. Like you said, they started kind of in 23 to look at that. But even five or six years before that, Catherine was looking into various personality researches, and she mm-hmm. found that there were four kind of temperaments that she thought of. So it was meditative, spontaneous, executive, and social. And I think that's kind of how she found the young stuff where she went into Jungian theory and Jung speculated that humans experience the world based on four psychological functions. So sensation, intuition, feeling, and thinking. And those are all words that will pop up when we actually start to talk about the test and, mm-hmm. and the test results. So mm-hmm. those are all things that she took directly from Jung's research. She even wrote a couple articles on Jung's theory and just kind of describing it, not even taking it in her own place, just saying like, hey, here's what Jung said. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you get two articles out of that, but <laughs> what's an article? What's How many pages is an article to be? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> right, one page right up on... I mean, if it's a scholarly article, it's I guess. 40 pages long. Oh, no. Oh, my God. That's so long. Yeah. But this should further inspire us, Anna, because like during several of our podcasts, I have said to you, oh, this is something we could do research we write a paper. on. Yeah. Why? So, yeah. Because they did? Well, yeah. They, look, they became very really famous. <laughs> look how happy they are. Brandishing the picture of them at me. <laughs> Someday like this a weapon. Could, this could be us. <laughs> They're very cute. This would be us. The Bonnie Anna uh, indicator. We'll have to take some pictures for that. (laughs) The the Bonnie Anna indicator. I don't know what we will indicate. The bye. (laughs) Bye. So. So. Okay, so she, Catherine, really liked how basically Young looked at it, how he typified it, and... She wanted to make it more practical. So she took it. She ran with it. Isabel joined in the research and kind of took it and ran with it as well. She surpassed her mother. Surpassed uh, her. <laughs> you're already doing that, honey. You're surpassing me. We're both working on this. I don't know why you say I'm surpassing you. You surpass me all the time. Oh, okay. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to work. I guess. We're all supposed to be better than our predecessors. That's right. Okay. Next generation. Fun fact that I already told you, so I act surprised. Isabel wrote a novel. Uh. <laughs> that was very good. She wrote a novel called Murder Yet to Come. Isn't that a cool name? I love it. I want to read that. I know. So the bummer is that I looked for it a lot of places and even used copies are like 
$50 because mm. I don't think I think it's out of print and stuff but the really cool thing about this so murder yet to come it's like a psychological kind of a thriller murder mystery sort of thing but it uses the typological ideas from the test so again I couldn't read the actual actual text but I believe that means the characters are associated with the personality types from the test Ooh. and so you can kind of see them in action which is Really cool. That's such a cool concept. I really wish I could find an actual copy of it. I even look for like PDF copies of it just to see what some of the text look like. I couldn't find any. So if anyone has that, <laughs> tweet us. I don't know. Yeah. But they were not formally educated in testing. Uh, Isabel and Catherine weren't. But Isabel apprenticed herself to a personnel manager for a bank. And from him, she learned how to construct tests, how to score tests, how to validate tests statistical nonsense with tests, all the gross stuff. (laughs) (laughs) We love statistics. Everyone loves research so much. Mm. No, I I really am interested in testing stuff. I don't know about you. I'm much more interested in that than like research stuff. Yes, I agree. So with this knowledge, they made their test. And so when they made their test, the original intention was to help with women entering the workforce in World War II. They basically wanted to help women who were, for the first time, going into the industrial workforce. So the idea was if the women had a better self-awareness, if they had a better idea of their personality preferences, then maybe they would have a better idea on what types of wartime jobs they would be most efficient in and that would be most comfortable for them. So basically, it's like what we talked about, the self-awareness thing, that Mm -hmm. if they knew themselves better, if they knew their personality types better, if they knew how they liked to interact with the world, they would know what kind of jobs to go into. Because, I mean, we as a society are built to go into the workforce, basically. Mm -hmm. I mean, from a very young age, we're asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? So we're thinking of that constantly. Mm -hmm. But women in that time weren't. They, They weren't thinking about, if I had to work, what job would I do? So it was kind of, they were throwing into the deep end. And they kind of had to have a different tool to look at to say, well, I I interact with the world like this, so maybe I'd be good in this job. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of created as a, I mean, they wouldn't have called it career counseling, but as a career counseling tool, Mm -hmm. basically. And like you said, they really wanted to make it practical. They really wanted to apply it. So they made it to help women going into the workforce, which I think is really cool. And I think it's significant that, as you said, that women in those days would not have been prepared. They weren't brought Mm -hmm. up to think that way. They were brought up to think that they were going to have babies and and be a wife. And so this story is really very empowering to women that these two women, mother and daughter duo, duo. really did this huge thing to help empower women in that time that it was not something that that happened. Mm -hmm. We kind of take that for granted these days, but yeah. that wasn't happening in the 40s, in the early right. 40s. So. It's interesting. I, I don't remember hearing about it as a historical milestone or anything. I mean, mm-hmm. this seems like a tool that many women would have liked to use mm-hmm. just because they were being thrown into these new responsibilities without any guidance. I think, though, too, that in those days, women were not as highly educated. And so, you know, maybe yeah. they didn't think... Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to take a test to find yeah. out. Even yeah. just that word, yeah. you know, if if it was called a test, maybe it wasn't. You well, know. they call it a type indicator. Yeah, they might have been intimidated by it. Possibly, that's kind of a bummer. I know, because it sounds like a really. I mean, we'll get into the kind of the criticism later, but I think you and I both value it as a self awareness tool. So I agree, and we are all about the self awareness, baby. That's our thing. 
Uh-huh. So in 1944 was when the Briggs-Myers Type Indicator Handbook came out. Eventually in 1956, it changed its name to the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. Just, the daughter was like, no, I want to be the first name. <laughs> Me! You put I, my name first or I'm walking! <laughs> See, I look at that the opposite. I bet it was, when was it? Mom was still alive, right? Twelve years later, yeah. Okay. I bet it was mom saying, you need to be first. BMT. Maybe they just do want to BM like bowel movement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's they want it to be MB. Not good. No, yeah, MB is way better the than bowel DM. movement type indicator. <laughs> that's a whole different test. Maybe there was a whole confusion thing going yeah, on. They got a copyright infringement <laughs> claim, and they had to change it. Oh no. Yeah, I like MB much better. I agree. So this attracted the attention of the head of the Educational Testing Service. So the first MBTI manual was published in 1962. Sadly, Catherine died in 1968 and Isabel died in 1980. But the Educational Testing Service continued to update it. So it was updated after their deaths. The latest manual was editioned in 1998. And that was the third edition. But I don't think it's really been updated since then. I don't think it's really kept current. I don't think it's something that is used widely i think it's just sort of a niche thing at that point which is sad because it is fun and i like it a lot but i don't think many people are taking it too seriously i don't know you know i mean they still have the myers-briggs foundation and yeah i mean i think it's what you said that it's often used for things like career counseling and right at least to give you an idea of where to start with things right you know yeah and and even back when they were the ones doing it both Catherine and isabel were very clear on this should not be used concretely I mean, it should be used practically but not like as an end-all be-all mm-hmm. it should be just kind of used as a stepping stone to figure out what you yourself prefer and how you prefer to interact with the world Right. So, do you want to talk about the test a little bit? No? <laughs> you shake your head at me. <laughs> Tell me how to start. Or you you start and I'll jump in. Okay. I mean, so the test itself, there's, like mom said, 16 personalities is one of the biggest kind of websites that have the test in it. Mm-hmm. That's because there are 16 personality types. So each personality type is presented as a four-letter code. There are two possible letters in each spot. So it's it, it looks like, you know, things like ISTP and ENFJ. So if you've ever seen, like, uh, like I, I have mine in my Tumblr bio. Like, oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, like, if you ever see, like, a weird four-letter code and you're not sure what it means, it might be a Myers-Briggs type because there are definitely people who kind of go by that and who use it as a personality marker. Mm-hmm. So there are four, they're called dichotomies because there are two options for each spot. So for the first one, it's I or E, and so it's a dichotomy. You can't be both. With the way the test is currently structured, you can't be both, Mm -hmm. which we'll talk about a little later is something that's kind of hard. Mm -hmm. The difference is from the Jungian perspective. So Jung actually had 32 types because he suggested that everyone had one conscious combination of traits and an opposite unconscious combination of traits. Opposite? Yeah. Like a shadow. You know his shadow archetype. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, so if you want to listen to more about Young, listen to our fourth episode. So he had this idea of the shadow archetype, which is basically like we have ourselves and then we have the dark part of us that is the opposite of our our self that we put out to the rest mm-hmm. of the world. So that's our shadow. So we, he sort of took the shadow archetype into the personality realm. So that's kind of how he referenced it. But MBTI is 
structured while young stuff is more projective so when young would do personality work he would do it open and holistic and he would do open-ended questions and just trying to figure out what people would say in response to really open questions and instead the mbti like we said before is very structured questions and a certain a set list of questions and it's very different than the way young kind of conceptualized it and isabel and catherine added the whole for the whole fourth letter is a section that has nothing to do with young basically i mean it's sort of going off of his ideas but they added the fourth letter just totally on their own mm-hmm. so do you want me to go into the letters do you have any of that yeah i don't know which order to do this and i i feel like i want to go back and say that basically the way you get to your letters is that you the way that you do the test so to speak and that's not really the the assessment yeah is that there is a list of questions and it's basically asking you you know are you more likely to do this or to do that and it's on a and each question so they're never going to ask you like so there's four letters but they're never going to ask you a question that has to do with the first letter and the third letter they're only going to focus on one letter at a time so all the questions in the test have have to do with one letter and it's it's called a forced choice questionnaire mm-hmm. so they have one question they have two answers you have to pick one of the answers and both of those answers have to do with the letter that you're focusing on basically mm-hmm. it's very focused it's very direct mm-hmm. in the way it asks its questions but because it's like that it is very subjective the test right. is subjective and it's self-reporting yeah so if, yeah if you're being honest you know, that's a really, really important part of this. If you take the assessment that you be honest, you don't overthink things right. and that you be honest. And ideally then what happens is that it measures truly who you are better than if you're trying to think, overthink the test or you're trying to say, oh, they're asking me that because of this. So I got to pick, you, you right. know, the idea of if it is to be very. If you're trying to figure out which one's better. Right, right. Yeah. And that's significant, I think, because... Yeah that you we talked about that before that just because you're one letter and not the other letter doesn't mean one is better than the other one right we're kind of socialized we have been not so much lately but we were kind of socialized when we do the the e and the i and we say introvert and extrovert right so let's talk about that because i think that's the one that most people are going to be like oh yeah i know those words right so the first set of letters in the four letter code is Mm -hmm. e or i and Mm -hmm. that stands for extroversion and introversion Mm -hmm. and those are words that you've probably heard just because they're kind of in the cultural lexicon at this point so mom what are what are introversion and extroversion in the social realm of it no just what they what they actually are like extroversion is that we take our our energy from outside of us and yeah. and so we get our energy from the outside what it would look like is a person who likes to be around other people is outgoing and and gets charged up by being in a bunch of people right and the introversion so then is getting all that energy from the inside of us and so we recharge by being alone and being contemplative and we like to be more like an observer and sit back and look out right and I think because those are the ones that are so in the cultural lexicon that those are the ones that have the most kind of value judgments put on them exactly there's this weird I don't know how it started but there's this weird conception that introverts are more like that they have more intellect or something what is it that they are smarter because they're more internal i don't know i think know. it's it goes both it cuts both ways that the introverts are are more intelligent because they're quiet and thoughtful but i also think that there's a social thing that says it's in some way 
more fun to be the extrovert because right. they're the ones that are out there and they're more popular and right. so it's kind of like depending on how you look at that there's a there's a feeling like a judgment call which I think that. is interesting because I think the people who are more introverted tend to go toward the introversion is more thoughtful and deep thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the people who are extroverted tend to go the other way because I've seen a lot of like pictures online that are like oh other girls are like this and they like to be out and party and I just like to read books and aren't I so special when it comes to like women interacting with women which is a horrible horrible way to look at women interacting with women like everyone should just support each other please but I think there is this kind of like oh if you like to party and stuff you're lesser Mm -hmm. but that's an I you know I'm much older than you I've seen, I've seen a change. Old enough to be my mom, I would say. <gasps> I am old enough to be your mother, so I know these things. That there has been a shift in society mm. that, I mean, because years ago, you wouldn't, you were more likely to be like, if you're the party goer, the popular girl or guy, Right. but I'm looking at it from a woman's perspective, um, you're more likely to, you know, it, it was kind of like you wanted to be the popular girl. Right. You wanted to be the extrovert. And so then the introvert was the wallflower, was the one that didn't. The mousy one. Yeah. And, the, yeah. and so, but what I've seen. Well, yeah, because there's, there's definitely like that, like in the romantic comedy area where, you know, the mousy one who has glasses mm-hmm. is transformed by Into, getting her out exactly. and taking her glasses off. And suddenly she's right. pretty, which she's been pretty the whole time. Off. I know. It's <laughs> like, oh, yes. Oh, now you can see her eyes. Isn't she a different woman? Like, no, no. She's just she was wearing glasses. But as, as our society evolves, I think we're taking more of that that idea of we don't have to fit into this and at least we're striving for that we have a long 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 way to go (laughs) we so we so do yes yeah okay so let's so co i don't speak this is not my first language (laughs) (laughs) what is what is your first language I have not discovered I'm that I'm keeping yet. that in because for the for last like three episodes, there have been points where I've been like, blah, 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 and I've kept it in. So we're keeping it. Seriously? <laughs> no, what? I mean I mean not seriously. You're not going to cut it out because whatever. No. I do that all the time. I'm all right with that. But but I don't remember you doing last it. Last episode, I spent like a whole minute and a half trying to say physiology. Oh, yes, I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I do indeed remember that. Okay, Rough. so let's just specifically talk about each letter and, and okay. So you you said it very we well with the, the introversion one. extroversion. So yeah, the first set of letters in the four letter category is introversion extroversion. Mm-hmm. And like Mom said, extroversion is drawing energy from action. So they tend to act and then reflect on that and then act again. And their motivation declines if they're inactive, but they rebuild their energy by taking breaks from self-reflection, basically. So if they spend too much time being in their heads, they Mm. get a little freaked out. Mm -hmm. So they have to expend energy by being active, and they have to rebuild that by being around other people, especially in a social situation and from interacting socially, I think. Yes, And then introverts expend energy through action. So where extroverts draw that energy through action, introverts, when they have to do that kind of stuff, especially social stuff, they expend energy. Right. So they only have a certain amount of energy to spend there. Yeah. They tend to reflect and then act and then reflect again. And they build energy by having that quiet alone time, by contemplating their actions and by being in their own head. So that's the first... What's called a dichotomy. And when we talked about Jung mm-hmm. in a previous episode, 
which you should really listen to. Episode four. Um, <laughs> we talked about even now that we have gotten to a point where we realize it's not always just one or the other, that people right. kind of meet in the middle. And we talked about omniverts, remember, in that podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Amberverts and yeah, omniverts. Am- yeah, and so that we kind of, many of us have kind of a balance. And, and I find it really interesting that when you do take the assessment, that it will give you a percentage with with each one. So uh, if you're, and we'll talk about that later. Well, put, let's, put, let's, in the, uh, put in the percentage. <laughs> put it, pin in uh, the, uh, so we have pins. We have okay. wine pin and we have percentage pin. Okay. 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 Next set of letters is, the, the letters themselves are N and S, but the words are intuition and sensing because they had already used I. So they couldn't use I for intuition, so they had to use N. So the actual letters themselves are N and S. And that is how we take in information. This is called the perceiving function. Um, and that relates to Carl Jung's ideas. So this is how we perceive the world. So intuition is trusting the information that's not so concrete. So basically it's through research or memory or recognizing patterns. And the meaning is in theory and principles rather than concrete facts. So that's intuition. And that's kind of, I mean, that's rationally named because when we're interacting with something and we're, we have a hunch, you know, mm-hmm. we have a hunch on how, why they're acting the way they're acting. Mm-hmm. That's because we're taking in information from either the way we've seen people act before or how we kind of feel like they're feeling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's intuition. You trust your gut. Yeah, exactly. So sensing is concrete information that can be taken in with the five senses that's why it's called sensing so we tend to dislike hunches when we're the sensing type details and facts are more important and the meaning is in the actual data and the things that we have gotten from the world why are we smiling because um, we'll talk about later (laughs) i'm putting a pin in that too put a pin in it so many pins i'm running out of so many pins mom Okay. I should have brought extra pins. Brought extra pins. Okay, so that's N and S. So that's the second set of letters. The third set of letters is thinking and feeling. So that's T and F. And this is how we make decisions. This is called the judging function. Mm-hmm. So it's how we make choices based on how we gathered information in the last step, basically. Mm-hmm. So this is the measure of preference not ability. And and we'll kind of go back to that later when we talk about the test as a whole. But this doesn't mean like when you're a feeling type, it doesn't mean that you're bad at thinking. Or when you're a thinking type, it doesn't mean you're bad at feeling. This is a measure of preference. It doesn't mean you're better at one or the other. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to thinking, they decide things by what seems more logical, what seems more reasonable. The things that match a given set of rules. So they tend to dislike dealing with inconsistent people. They like to give others really direct feedback. They're more straightforward. So it's just more logical and less based on people and the situation. Where feeling is the opposite. And most of these are very opposite. I mean, right, the two, right. they're dichotomies. They're the two ends of the spectrum. Exactly. So feeling is making decisions based on associating or empathizing with the situation and especially trying to achieve great harmony within the situation. Trying to make sure everyone involved in the situation is going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Trying to consider the needs of everyone involved. So that is feeling, whereas thinking is more based on what makes the most sense, what's Mm -hmm. the most practical. I love that one of the words in the feeling category is empathy. 
Yeah. That's important to me. Mm-hmm. You're you're an F for sure. <laughs> you're an F. You're an F. <laughs> you're the F word. <laughs> Is this the F word? This is the use? F word episode. <laughs> Feeling. I'll have to bleep it. We are both so F and F. We're so F. Each of us are. <laughs> We're so F and Fs. Oh, we man. We truly are. Is that our first t-shirt? We're so <laughs> F and Fs. All right. The last set of letters is J and P. Now, this is the one that was added by Myers and Briggs. Mm-hmm. Isabel and Catherine, I'm so sorry. So... This is the preference on how people interact with the outside world by either using their perceiving function or their judging function. So like I said before, like the intuition sensing is your perceiving function and the thinking and feeling is your judging function. And basically how we prefer to interact with the world is based on whether, basically based on whether we like to take in information or act on that information. So... P is preferring to take in the information, and that is based on keeping the options open. So while I don't want to make an informed decision until I have all the information, right? Mm -hmm. My husband is such a P word. (laughs) (laughs) Nathan is one of the like I. He's one of the biggest P's I've ever known. P's I've ever met. (laughs) So I am currently driving the car that he was driving when we first met because my car's a little better and he has to drive more for work. He has been looking for a new car since we met which was what six seven years ago at this point that every once in a while he'll just look for a new car and even when we buy things that aren't that consequential and like he had to look at all the reviews and had to look at he didn't want to make any choice until he had all the information he could possibly get that's what this letter means that's what the p means i'm the opposite i'm a j so i like to have things settled we're both effing j's we're effing j's (laughs) We are both F and FJs. <laughs> we are. Get that yeah, from you. Yeah. So this, so so the J, the judging, is more important to act on the information that you've gotten. It's hard to me because we have those connotations of words. Yeah. Like when I hear the word judging, judging I yeah, get really it's kind of like, a connotation. like, oh man, I don't want to be that. But, no, but yeah. when I actually hear what. They mean by judging. I'm like, yeah, that's totally me. Right. Yeah. When you actually read yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's totally me. me. So judging prefers to have matters settled. They prefer to just make the decision and be done with it. Mm-hmm. So if I'm given the choice, I'm just like, that one, done. What are we waiting for? Exactly. Let's do it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So those are the four dichotomies that the test is based off of. Mm-hmm. So one of my... Wait, can we pause? I need a pee so bad. Okay, go, guys. I have to pee too. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So much better. Holy cow. <sighs> the stress. You know. What were we talking about? So one of my favorite things is the fact that when you take this test, it's kind of laid out in a spectrum. I love spectrums. I love the idea that even though it's a, it's a dichotomy, it's these two very separate points, as you, as you said repeatedly, that the opposites kind of, that you can fall anywhere in between the two points. We all do. Yeah. And so one of my favorite things is that when you take it, it depends on like how on where you take it, on which little assessment you take. Right. But quite often they give you like a percentage. Like they'll say, you know. Yeah, but it's not a test built for spectrums really because they kind of force you into a you're either one or the other. That's true. Yeah. But I don't know. That's not the way I look at it. No? 
I mean, I, I understand what you're saying because you get four letters and those are your four letters, right. you know. But we were talking about before we started that I have taken this indicator several times mm-hmm. in the last many years. I mean, like right. since college, my first time through college. And I waver on the letters. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm always an F. And I'm, F always, and FJ. I'm always an F and I'm always a J. But I waver on extrovert and introvert. Mostly I'm E. Mostly I'm an extrovert. Mostly? You are, really? Uh-huh, most of the time. But I have a few times. And I mean, I'm talking, I've probably done this at least a dozen times in my mm-hmm. lifetime. Yeah. And maybe twice or three times I've been an introvert. That's less than I would have assumed for you. Yeah. But we've talked about how part of it is even just the mood that you're in when you take it. Yeah. That day when you take it, if you're feeling like, you're sick and tired of people and you don't want you know then you might score differently than if you're feeling like I want to go to a party tonight so but I also vary on the intuition one I switch back and forth on the n and the really? s too yeah interesting several I think I, I have actually I guess that doesn't surprise me very much because I I do think you are someone who likes kind of to take in information rationally and and like the logic of the situation and mm-hmm. the current situation and not just but that also strikes me as weird because I do think of you as a very intuitive person. I would think I would always be an I. An N. An N. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> I would always be an N. Yeah. Yes. But just, I just, I just took it yesterday. I got an ESFJ. An ESFJ is what we're drinking today. Oh, should we talk about and that the, now? Oh, we're finally <laughs> coming back around to the wine. We'll take that pin out of that boop. And ESFJ is what we're calling our boxed wine today. And this is courtesy of my husband. Because Thanks, when I Nathan. T- <laughs> Thanks, Nathan. So when I told him we were doing MBTI, uh, he's aware of that too. I've typed him before. He's typed himself. And he knows that there are four letters. And some of the letters can spell out ESFJ. So we are drinking extra special fermented juice. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's what I got this time. Yeah. That's you. You're the extra special fermented juice. <laughs> You're delicious red. I'm fermented, all right. That's for sure. I got, he told me, and then I forgot what it was, and I said, what was it, extra special fun juice? And he goes, no. But it is fun. It is. It, it is fun, fun juice. Extra special fun juice. So yes. if, you, if you need a, a, a reason for drinking boxed wine while you listen to this, extra special fun juice. Right. So that is one of the uh, 16 types that you can get as ESFJ. And what are you? Normally? I'm INFJ. Every single time I've taken that, I've really? been INFJ. Really? You never vary? Uh, I want to say one or two times I've gotten E. I've been ENFJ. But the other ones don't vary at all. But what we were talking about was the percentage, because you're saying it's not on the spectrum. But the reason that I hold to that idea is that when I just took it yesterday, they, you know, for example, they gave percentages so like the e the percentage was right. was only like eight percent which is very low it is yes um, which means i'm very close to that zero you're mark. close to the middle right so that's what normally people tend toward the middle of any given spectrum mm-hmm. so if you have any kind of statistic knowledge this is called the normal distribution in statistics so this is the bell curve you probably are familiar with the bell curve even if you're not a statistic person so the bell curve is it looks like a bell it, it's got like it starts really small and then it goes up to in the very middle the highest point and then goes back down the other side so that means that the most people are in the middle of that and that's 
kind of what people say about this is that generally most people will tend toward the middle of one of these that are called dichotomies, but they're actually spectrums. Right. So most people tend to go toward the middle, but then have some preference toward the other side. Mm -hmm. Now, this goes to what we were talking about before, before we started recording, clarity versus strength Mm -hmm. of preference. So... I think it was Catherine, both of them, Myers and Briggs, made what's called a preference clarity index, the PCI. So the results will say how clear the preference is. So when you say you got E that's like 5 or 8%, that's how sure you were of your answers, basically, not how strong you are in being one way or the other. So that doesn't mean you're 5% introverted. It means you're 5% sure today that you're an introvert. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really weird line to walk. Well, because like when you're answering the questions, they'll have like, depending on the assessment, I think the one that I did yesterday was it had like a yes, like capital letters, yes, and then yes, lowercase letters, and then neutral, <laughs> Weird and then scale. No, Wait, no, they, that's really how they wrote it. Yes, oh, that's so weird. Yes, 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 <laughs> or yes, and then neutral, and then no, or no. If you I've would seen read tests this. that are like no and absolutely not or something. Mm-hmm. They just no, use these capital are like letters. capital letters. They really, oh, no. I really, really mean it. So Very if you bad. if you hit that neutral enough times on the question, that's mm-hmm. about extrovert introvert you know you're going to get more and more well toward and the- that's interesting because on the original test there's less likely for that to happen because on the original test it's 93 forced choice questions so it's either or yes it mm-hmm. has two answers so it gives you the question and then it gives you two answers that they aren't necessarily opposites but they represent the opposite of the same dichotomy so you'll have a question that's based on the first letter so it's either introversion or extroversion there's no such thing as a neutral answer you either have to pick one or the other so you're going to necessarily have one or the other in each of the letters Mm -hmm. but isabel was very specific to say that the direction is more important than the degree so the direction of where you are in the dichotomy so she would say like well you got marked e that's more important than that you were 5% E. Right. That right. Just that you had a preference one way or the other is more important than how clear the preference was. So that's what Isabel would have said about that. But they also said that there's no such thing as right or wrong. So they also said that nothing is seen as better or worse. Isabel actually called it gifts differing in a book she wrote about it. See, that's so like you. You are like Isabel. <laughs> What, that everything's the same? Everything's I'm such a cool. Hippie. You're a hippie. I'm a hippie. You're very non-judgmental. Yeah, because, I mean, there's... And this kind of goes back to before about how neither of them mean that you're better at one Good or, or bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, like, if you're... There's a, not a values... Right. Yeah, it's not indicator. a value judgment. Exactly. Right. So, like, one of the thinking, feeling one is probably the one I would go to because it's how we, you know make decisions and Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of important to a lot of people so I think thinking and feeling are equally important to people and in some it might be a value judgment like well it's more important if you think things through logically and some people would say no it's more important if you are thinking of it empathetically and trying to make harmony Mm -hmm. but again that goes back to preference their own preference not necessarily their better at doing that because someone might have a preference to doing the thinking part of it But they might still be good at feeling. They just have a preference toward using that thing. 
It's just what they, again, this goes back to the self-report thing that right. it's totally subjective. Right. My percentage on the test that I just told you about that I got like eight on the extrovert, on my feeling it was 56. Yeah. <laughs> I am way yeah, the heck out there. you're an F and F. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and on my sensory versus N that I can never, I always want to call it I. Intuition. It was so low that it was 3%. Really? So they even said that that's kind of like you could go either way, basically. Wow. I could go either way <laughs> on the S or the N. Yeah, you and me both, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, where else are we going? (laughs) So the self-report thing is kind of also what Isabel and Catherine both said is you're your own best judge of your own type. Like Mm -hmm. this is not a situation where you would be like, hey, what do I usually do? Do I usually do this or this when you're looking at the question? It's no, you've got to be the one to choose it because you are the only one who can choose what your preference is. And like you said, sometimes that can change, but you're the only one who can answer that. But that kind of brings us around to one of the criticisms of this assessment. Yes. Which is that basically there is a big criticism that the, that this test has not, it, through research, there's not a lot of validity. Is it, Am I using that word yeah, right? Yeah. One of the things they specifically talk about is that, so when you have a self-report test, one of the things that other tests build in, like there's a test called the MMPI, which is the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory. Did Ooh, I get that you right? did that really well. I don't have it in my notes, baby. Woo! Okay. <laughs> so it's called the MMPI. That totally but. made up for that other episode when you struggled with that one <laughs> physiology yeah. or whatever it was. So the MMPI and other self-report tests have something built in that's called a social desirability scale, which is what we were talking about earlier with the like you know how sometimes it's looked at as if you're an introvert you're deeper and you're you have more substance or whatever so there can be these built-in things that we have in our head that it's better to answer one way or another Mm -hmm. and other tests have it built in to assess how much your social desirability is affecting how you'll answer but the mbti doesn't have that it doesn't have any scale that assesses that so it's just purely self-report, which, yeah, kind of can skew the answers somehow. But that also goes into how Isabel and Catherine said this is not for selection or comparison. They were very sure to say, you know, this is only meant to measure preference and it's about self-awareness. This is not to compare yourself to others who have taken the test. This is not to evaluate, like, how good you are at anything or where you're supposed to be or anything like that because all the types had value mm-hmm. so it's not meant to say oh you're an esfj you are more important than the intps you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's not meant to do that it's just meant to heighten your self-awareness and they used it for career counseling so a lot of a lot of times it's built into kind of well these types have a a higher percentage of being in this career field but mainly they said no use it for your own self-awareness what are you looking at tip tappy <laughs> see this is why i don't have my computer because then you call you me out tip tappies i'm gonna call you out either way can't win <laughs> my daughter bullies me <laughs> report that to what somebody. are you doing i'm, I'm looking for something okay I'm for okay something. okay <laughs> One of the things that 
that I saw on the test that I took yesterday. Yeah. Like when you get the report, they tell you like what are your career choices, like you were just oh, yeah. talking about. But we talked about how that's kind of been debunked. But I still believe in it. Because I, I have useful. to believe in it. Yeah. Because it says like, you know, for me it says that some of my good careers would be social work mm-hmm. or teaching. <laughs> social yep. work, service-oriented professions or teaching. So, yeah. Well, the INFJ, one of the things that it's called is the counselor. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's one of the names wow. for it. So, yeah. It's, it's called like the counselor that. or the confidant. I've heard it called the advocate. Wow. So, it's got a few different names. But I have to say that one of the things that was not at all right for me for the ESFJ, it started out by saying guardians of birthdays, holidays, and celebrations. What does that mean? ESFJs. That's what started as? Yeah. ESFJs are generous entertainers. Oh, that's totally not me. <laughs> you love entertaining. Guys, if you've ever yeah, seen HDTV, everyone... all those couples <laughs> that say they love entertaining, that's totally my mom. <laughs> that is so not me. <laughs> I get very anxious when I have to entertain. But I did think it was fun because they also give you names of like famous people. Oh, yeah. Who yeah. are ESFJs. Although mine were very... Kind of okay. Bill Clinton was one of them. <laughs> um, yeah, Jack you're, Benny, you're which definitely is definitely a Bill Clinton. Type. Yeah, me and Bill were so much alike. <laughs> Sally Struthers, though. I uh, Mary Tyler Moore. It's <laughs> like my favorite. Yeah. But as I read the list, I was like, really? Sally Field. I could huh. be. I could get with Sally Field. <laughs> I don't know. The rest of them, I'm like, uh, seriously. Some of mine are uh, Martin Luther King. Oh, that's Nelson a good one. Mandela. Oh my gosh. Mother you get all Teresa. The good... Oh my gosh. And wait, Alanis Morissette. <laughs> Mother Teresa and Alanis. They're oh. so much alike. And Jimmy Carter. And Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Morgan Freeman, really? Yeah. Oh, you got all the good people. I did. That's I want to change good my letters. <laughs> you can be an INFJ if you want. I don't like this. <laughs> so, where do we need to go? Um, I mean, we can go into, we've kind of covered some of the criticisms that, again, this goes back to the, there's no evidence for the dichotomies instead of a more spectrum-based view. And the reason that some people have kind of shit on the MATI is because it does give you like a one or the other. You can't be an E and an I, you have to be one or the other. And that's mm-hmm. where you get your personality type, you're one of the 16, is because you have to choose one or the other. Yeah. So a lot of people don't like that, that there's not kind of a more holistic spectrum view of it. And again, they talk about the lack of objectivity because of the self-report and because it doesn't use the social desirability scales. And then they say the validity and utility, that they say only the first letter, the introversion-extroversion scale, has shown correlations with similar scales. They say there's not sufficient research evidence to justify using the MBTI in career counseling. And people question how useful it is to know your type because of that. But I don't know. That doesn't bother me so much just because you and I are so about the self-awareness that like mm-hmm. we've talked in other episodes about how I like BuzzFeed quizzes. Mm-hmm. Not super useful. I was useful. just thinking that. I yeah, was just thinking that. Like it's not, I'm not going to put that on my resume, but I am going to use it to kind of reflect on myself and say like, well, 
what about the results did I connect with? And what about them did I not like? And did I not like them because they're true or because they're not true? So it's just mm-hmm. a tool to use in your own self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good way to look at it. We do have that. There's that kind of thrill when you take one of those, even those little silly tests yeah. that you were talking about. But when you take the Myers-Briggs and and then you read it and you're like, oh my gosh, that really is like me. Right. Um, when you find things that you connect with and you go, oh yeah, yeah. okay. That's me. Exactly. Yeah. What are some of the things that your assessment came out as that you kind of really connect with? Um, You know, when you said the thing about that you saw yours titled to be the counselor, mine is titled to be the provider, which does kind of fit me. Yeah, I mean, I want to be, I want to be the counselor. You know, when yeah. I hear you say that, I'm like, I don't want that one. I want to be the counselor. But I, I am, I'm just. But it sounds like sometimes you are. Yeah. Sometimes you skew toward. I skew. I'm a skewer. (laughs) I do skew. Skewer. (laughs) I create just kebabs. One of the things that I read, and this is just one particular assessment that does it. So for me, for the ESFJ, it says, strong contradictory forces consume the ESFJ. Oh, you've said it to me before, like almost in those exact words. It's like, I'm an enigma. I'm, I'm a dichotomy myself. I know. Their sense of right and wrong wrestles with an overwhelming rescuing mother's drive. Wow. I know. It's like they wrote it about me. This sometimes results in swift, immediate action that then later you kind of feel bad about doing, which we talked about. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that we do act. We want it to get done. Right. I, I totally uh, relate to the idea of wanting with the the judgment part, finishing what you start. That's a huge thing that I have. You've always been very upset when people start projects and don't finish them. Right. So so if you're thinking about yourself right now and you're thinking about, you know, if you're a J or a P, if you're one of those people that starts things and you have no problem walking away from it for, you know, a day. Whoa, you okay? <laughs> she yeah, got man. caught for a minute. She got caught. She got caught getting more wine. Ow. You know, if, if you know that that you can just let things be unfinished and not be bothered by that that's that's a symptom that's a evidence of a p <laughs> should we should we do a quick like Test? just a one question kind of thing yeah okay so Let's do a quick one question uh, okay kind of thing. so we're gonna go by the four letters so the first letter this is how you increase your energy so to increase your energy you either turn toward others or turn inward if you said turn toward others, you're an E. If you said turn inward, you're an I. Good. So that's to increase your energy. And if you're not sure what that means, put yourself in a position where, you know, if you're if feeling kind of worn out, do you think you'd get your energy if you went and hung out with people? Or right. would you get your energy if you sat alone and kind of mm-hmm. pulled yourself together? Yes. Okay, go on. Good. So if you take in information in a more creative way, or a more pragmatic way, so a more reasonable, practical way. So the creative way is intuition, so that's N, and the pragmatic way is S, sensing. And especially, so like if you're sensing, you'll take in the actual facts of it in the more kind of detective-y, you know, evidence-based, where N is more hunches and thinking of patterns that you've seen from interactions you've had in the past and reading people and that sort of thing so that's n or s see when you say that i've the way you ask that question i feel like i'm totally an n right i could see you as an s because i i know there are some times especially when you're more agitated that you go (laughs) moi hear me out (laughs) 
when you're more agitated, agitated, you're like, no, I just want the facts. Yeah. Like, I just want the, just the, right. give me the facts. Right. Let's be realistic. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I do So that. I right. think it okay. depends on how you're feeling. Uh, you called me out. Okay. Sorry. And then from that, when you're making decisions, either you seek harmony or you seek logic or objective truth or reason. So if you seek harmony, you're an F for feeling. And if you seek truth and reason, you're a T for thinking. You're a total F. You're an F and F <laughs> feeling or a T. Uh-huh. An F and T. So. That's confusing. And then finally, okay. if you prefer to get closure and act or you prefer to stay open and adapt to things, if you want to get closure and act, you're a J. And if you want to get open and adapt, you're a P. So if you've kind of put your four letters all together, you will find your personality type. Of which there are 16. Good job. Thank you. Was that, did that make sense? Was that? Yes, that was very clear. Thank okay. you. Thank you. That was a good way to summarize. Yes. Should we type some folks? How do we do that? Some fictional folks. Okay. So when I mentioned this to uh, Nathan, he said, Greg House. And to me, when I think of Greg House, I think of Sherlock Holmes because they're kind of the same character so what do you what do you think greg house would be if you had to type him or or sherlock holmes whichever you have more familiarity with well i would say i mm-hmm. i s mm-hmm. okay i s t yeah definitely a t and um the last one can be hard yeah because mm, i think it might not be a j no i think i want it to be a j but i think it's a p especially probably. when you're looking at house so this is from house md it's a very cool show if you've never seen it but it's it's basically sherlock holmes in a hospital and it's like yeah it's about solving mysteries which you think would be a j because it's like getting things settled Mm -hmm. but instead it's like no i want to wait to solve this until i have all the possible information right and to me that's a p yeah i think that's probably true so istp Mm -hmm. that's what i have good job (laughs) typing it (laughs) typing okay Leia Organa from Star Wars. This one's hard. This can go. I have two. I I can't. You're going to have to do that. I think she's an E because she likes to be in the leadership role and she likes to be among others. Okay. So this one, the second letter is the hardest for me because I think she is more like pragmatic and she takes information in in a a sensory way. But she's also got the force. Yeah. Yeah. I think (laughs) the N would be. I think N. Yeah. Uh, And then how she uses that i think would be in a more logical way so i think that would be t yeah and she but she does like she's a j for sure she's an f and j <laughs> she's a t and j <laughs> so i think she i think she's an entj that's what i have her as interesting okay yeah which is called the, let me look at my cheat sheet she's the maverick or the executive that makes sense yeah that fits her okay yeah but then luke skywalker he's kind of on the other side Mm. he's an i i think i think so too seriously an i definitely an n because of the force yeah he takes in information more with the force than she does and then i think f yes i agree information it's more about harmony yeah but i think you'd be a p Mm. he's not a very decision guy he's more of leaving it open so this is like a party game you could do this at a party with your friends (laughs) Let's so this is fun. I don't know if you've ever done this because <laughs> I am so I in, into MBTI that 
sometimes when people are like sitting, especially in our intake sessions and they're sitting talking to me, I'll try to type them. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, oh, they're definitely an I. Okay. Okay. So do you... Oh, they're definitely a P. Uh-huh. <laughs> do you ever use this information in your counseling sessions with your clients? No, not usually with them. I have a few times I had uh, a young woman who was struggling she was a senior in high school and she was struggling with what she wanted to do so we talked about I did kind of the same the little question thing I just did a few seconds ago that was you know giving her one question and then we decided what she was based on that and then we got her her personality type and then we looked up what the career the usual careers were for that Mm. and she was able Mm -hmm. to be like I wouldn't want to do that I don't know that sounds kind of cool maybe I'll look into that so so even if she was able to rule out some of them very concretely she was able to be like I don't know maybe this is a place to start so we kind of used it for some career counseling at some point that's cool yeah I like that uh George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life oh this is an interesting one I'm I'm excited to talk to you about this one okay George even the first letter is hard. I know. I would say E. I would say E. Because whenever he was in a party or anything, or he would he would always go toward other people, he was always very high energy. Yeah, he, was so, he was so deep in his... He didn't want to be deep, though. No, that's true. He tried to escape it. Like when he went out and he and he said to Violet, let's run and let's yeah, go let's up to go. the... Yeah, let's just go. Let's just go. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll go with that. He's okay, more e. of an E. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What's next? Um, N or S? I'm going to go N. This one's an easy N for me. Yeah, because he was always... Because, um, like, big picture. Yeah, that big kind picture. Of thing. Like, yeah. poetic, looking at things poetically. Yeah. Okay, N. Okay, so we have E-N. Mm-hmm. And... T or F, thinking or feeling. I want to say feeling because... Yeah. He was so connected to his dad. And, I mean, the reason he stayed there was the feelings of... Right, when he went to the bank and he was like... I mean, he, like, gave up his honeymoon because right. the people at the bank were struggling, right. basically. So right. he was going to go in there and fix it. That, logically, that was not the best choice. No. Logically, like, well, take your honeymoon. And, like, when the, the bad guy offered him the really good job. Right. Logically, logically he should have taken, taken that taken job. job. But his feeling was like, no, you're an evil exactly. guy. <laughs> Which was also logically correct. That, man, <laughs> that guy was very evil. But, yeah, so I think, I think F. Mm-hmm. The last one's hard, too, though. I would say P just because he was more of the like, let's run, let's run away and let's like keeping your options open is the thing that I have in my mind for P. Mm. So like just, just keeping. Yeah, but yet he got things done. Yeah, but not in the best way sometimes. No. I don't know. That's a hard one. ENFP or ENFJ? Let's see what my cheat sheet says. Maybe he was right in the middle there. ENFP is called the champion or the advocate. That would fit him. And ENFJ is called the teacher or the giver. Oh. Yeah, those are both him. I think the champion is more descriptive of him. I think so, too. He was more, like, fired up about things. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to do more? Let's do one more. (laughs) Just one. Four more. Okay. Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, my gosh. I love her. You picked the best things. (laughs) Okay. I had Thor Odinson and Captain America, but she didn't want to do those <laughs> listeners. She didn't want to do I'm them. just looking at time because right. I am a J. All right. <laughs> so am I. What are you trying to say here? Okay, Belle is definitely an I. Yup, yup, yup. Definitely an I. Um, um <laughs> Oh, the second one's hard for me. 
I'd say N. I was going to go N, but she's also pretty learned and factual. But, yeah, you know, but, like, but, but no. she's, uh, well, she's she learned, goes with her but she gut. likes poetic, like, oh, look at the beautiful description in this book. Like, yeah. it's more poetic, I think. And I always think of that, like, you go with your gut. Yeah. When you're into it. Okay. Yeah, okay. so I would definitely say N. You're right. I, N, I think she's an F. Yeah? Well, she fell in love with the beast. Okay. And she she gave up her life for the beast her had father. a castle and a library. <laughs> so she didn't know reasonably. that. She didn't know that when she gave up her life to be there. She okay. gave it up for her dad, basically, okay. right? Why do you think the opposite? I would say T because because of the dad decision. Because of the like the I mean, yes, it, it, I guess it it depends on how you perceive it because like well, my dad is in this jail cell, but it would make more sense if I was here because I'm younger and he needs to be out. Mm. So, I mean, like, I don't know. You can go either way, I think. Okay. I think she's a P. Why? Because she wanted to leave, you know, like she had all these, you know, gosh, there are so many possibilities. So many, you know, I could right. love even a beast and it would be okay. <laughs> and, and I can... I'm trying to think of some of the songs while I wave my hands around and I can't think of any of them. There bust but... me more than this provincial life. There you go. That's perfect. Yeah. That's a P. <laughs> That's a P. That's an F and P. That's a P for you. <laughs> That's a P for you. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> so the, okay, so what do we say? INFP or INTP basically? Mm-hmm. INFP is the healer or idealist. Mm. She would be idealist. Yes, she would. I-N-T-P. What the hell is that? Oh, the architect or the thinker. Oh, she's definitely that too, though. So we're kind of showing that you can be... And this is where that spectrum instead of dichotomy thing comes in. Right, That there can be either. Right. And really, if we were doing this correctly, they would be taking the test and telling us. Uh, That's right. (laughs) So it's hard to type other people because it is based on preference and not what they show or what they're better at. That goes back totally to what we've said repeatedly, that this is a self-report test. Yeah. So, or assessment. So, therefore, if you're not self-reporting, you're not doing the test right. So, mm-hmm. so it's a fun party game, but it's not very valid when you right. do that. Right. Okay. She said one more. We did one more. We're done. We're done. <laughs> I am done. We're done. I'm done with you. Okay. What didn't we talk about that we should have talked about? Mm-hmm. We get everything in my notes. All right. Buddy. Buddy. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I would say <laughs> if you haven't, if you've never done this, if you've never done a Myers-Briggs mm-hmm. assessment, do one just for kicks. Yeah, for fun. Like and you don't, just, yeah, you don't have to be like, okay, well, if I'm trying to figure out what job I want to do, I should right. do this and just definitely take it. Yeah. Because it's, it to me, especially with reading the criticisms of it, mm-hmm. it's like a BuzzFeed quiz for me. Like, it's totally dumb and it doesn't really mean anything, like quote unquote mean anything, but it means what you make it to mean. Mm-hmm. And if you really identify with it and you're like, yeah, I, I really think this describes me and yeah, this will help me be led to a deeper understanding of myself, then it is important. Mm-hmm. Even if it's, you know, what type of dog breed you are. <laughs> <laughs> Labrador retriever, by the way. And and back to a shout out for woman power. Yeah. That Catherine and Isabel were doing great things for their time. They really were. I mean, they were amazing women. 
and they were a mother-daughter duo. Yes. We only touched on their lives, but they were very cool people. Right. Mother they, daughters can get shit done. We could, we could have been friends. Could have been the two we of could them have gone the on mother daughter couple dates. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So thank you for joining us for Freudian sips this episode. It's only episode okay if she says it. <laughs> ten. Now you say it and then edit this part right here. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening. Mom's laughing because we just had to take that twice. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Do you want to say thank you for listening? Thank you for listening. (laughs) We do appreciate that you take your time to sit down with us or to wash the dishes with us or whatever it is that you're doing while you listen to us. This is fun for us. We hope it's fun for you too. And tell your friends. Yes. Please do. I cannot be the only one promoting this. (laughs) Mom doesn't know how to use social media, so I'm the only one doing this. Please please help me. Please, Please tweet out how great we are. So you can find us places online, various places. The main place is FreudianZipsPod.com. That has links to everywhere else. You can follow us like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. That's all by the name FreudianZipsPod. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at FreudianZipsPod at gmail.com. There's a contact form on the site. If you like what we're doing, you want to help us with hosting costs and with buying actual personality tests instead of (laughs) things we find on BuzzFeed. You can give us money on Patreon.com by the name Freudian Sips Pod. Or you can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. We're on a few different things by now. Basically, anywhere you get your audio entertainment, you can find us there. And please remember that if you like what we're doing, you can leave us a nice rating and review. And that makes us feel very nice. That makes us feel very happy. <laughs> happy. 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 Oh. Our theme music is Sweeter Vermouth by Kevin McLeod, and it sounds like this. So you're going to maybe cut out the only F word I have? Yes. It's fucking rude, bro. (laughs) 